Episode 25 of I Want More Comics. My name's Richie. I'm Zach. And that's it. And that's it. Today. <laughs> it's just us two. That's right. Uh, Sean went to a concert. Oh, uh, yeah. A concert that he's been uh, stressing out about for days now. <laughs> so um, I'm just happy you got to go. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was looking a little shaky there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, one of his favorite bands, uh, Tool, for people out there that yes. would like to know. Uh, and he's seen them seven times. This is going to be a seventh right now. So yeah. he was really looking forward to it. And uh, he had to do it tonight on our podcasting night. So. Right, so he will be doing that, and we will continue on with his spirit That's right. looming over us. That's right. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and get started like normal with the news? So we're going to start off the news with some very tr- sad, tragic news that um, uh, made me very sad to hear uh, this Saturday. Uh, and that was that uh, Steve Dillon, the oh. artist of Preacher, uh, some good runs on Punisher with Garth Ennis, yeah. uh, passed away. Unbelievable. Uh, yep, he passed away from a ruptured appendix. That is so random. Just, it's just rough to hear because it's such a preventable yeah. thing. And yeah. And yeah, he was, uh, th- there's, I mean, so it's really funny. No one's found an, a birth certificate. Right. So they don't know exactly how old he is. He's somewhere between 54 and 56 was mm. how old he was uh, when he died uh, in New York City. Uh, um, all the people uh, have been bringing, all the comic book creators have been putting out um now, memories, the family has asked that if you want to do anything for the family, send money to the Hero, uh, the hero Initiative Yeah. Uh, instead of flowers or you know, right. cards or anything like that. Uh, but Garth Ennis uh, talked about it, which uh, really made me sad the last time he was in New York and they were hanging out drinking and, um, and all that sort of thing. So... Uh, you know, uh, just to be completely honest, a lot of times you read about celebrities or people passing, you go, wow, that's a bummer, you know, that sucks, and you go about your day. But right. Saturday, um, it was with me all day, because yeah. uh, he's he he's my one of my favorite comics of all time, Preacher. We just had a podcast fully dedicated to Preacher, and I yep. know Steve Dillon's name was brought up several times. Yeah, and he... and and. He's been doing Punisher right now. I'm yeah. um, at Marvel with Becky Cloonan, and I've been loving that. And the thought that I'm not going to see that artwork anymore ever again, yeah, really, you know, that that's it's pretty uh, I, sombering. It takes an incredible toll. Um, the only good news, and we kind of went through this with uh, Darwin Cook, is that yes, um, when incredible talent, when we lose that kind of incredible talent, especially so early, like. I wasn't ready for Steve nope. Dillon. It wasn't even on my radar that we'd even be close to be losing him. No. Nope. And uh, to have that kind of creativity, uh, now there's this void, you yep. know, that can't be filled. Um, the one solace you can take is appreciating their legacy, and that is yep. Yep. the work that has been done by Steve Dillon will remain forever, uh, and and will surpass his name, and keep it going. And that's, I know that's what he probably always wanted yeah. as an artist, and uh, it's unfortunate. 
I hope that he realized before you know he passed that he had already achieved that greatness yeah. in in kind of a legendary name in our work. So. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the producers and actors of the Preacher TV show said that one of the episodes in the upcoming uh, season two of Preacher, mm-hmm. they will dedicate and do a little, um, you know, in mem, you know, in. Uh, memory of him, of him. Yeah. yeah, of him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's a little bit of sad news, but uh, yeah. Steve Dillon, uh, you will be missed. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, all right, so now let's bring up the little tempo a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some f- some fun, cool things that ca- happened this past week. And, yes. And one of them, it's not it's not directly just comic books. Okay. But I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was fantastic, and that was the Logan trailer. Oh yeah. Did you see the Logan I, trailer? I did. See okay. The, did I see the Logan? Logan trailer. I know. Yes. I know. Um, uh, people were saying that. Uh, before I saw it, uh, Keith actually put on there. He said this may be one of the coolest trailers, you know, I've seen. And I was like, okay, wow. Yeah. And then and then people online were just going, this may be one of the coolest trailers for a comic book movie ever. And mm-hmm. I went, wow, that's a lot of pressure, a lot of hype on it. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was just blown away because it was not what I was expecting at all. Uh, it it's just incredibly excites me for the movie. I the the. The take that they went with uh, the the musical choice. Oh yeah. I mean, for those that haven't seen it, it's it's uh, Johnny Cash. Yep, and, doing hurt. And uh, it's it's just perfect the way the filmography of it, the the cut just it really makes you want to see this movie now. And oh yeah. What bugs me about these things is like we have a while to well, wait. Well, honestly, the good thing about that though is that it's in March. So, right. so it's only five months. March doesn't hurt as bad. It doesn't as hurt like, as like a year out when they like go. Guardians, Guardians is a year out, right? Uh, Guardians is going to be next com- free comic book day. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, once it gets into the six plus mark to a year, <laughs> yeah. and they go, here's a trailer for a movie that comes out a year from now. That's when it really <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Five months, we can we but can. But this get trailer is so good that it. It hurts still. It like, does. No, I want to watch this movie. It did. The thing that I was really, um, really impressed with this, the trailer, is how different and unique it it looked and it felt. Yeah. Uh, when, especially for a Wolverine movie. For well, sure. and for a superhero movie at all. Yeah. If uh, up until the last, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of the trailer, it, you know, if you had been living on an island or something, or you hadn't <laughs> ever seen a comic book movie or something, right. you wouldn't think that it's a comic book movie. It looks no. like a post-apocalyptic, uh, dark family drama. Right. And, and until he pops his claws, right. you're like, oh, this is a superhero <laughs> movie. But other than that, yeah. you know, it looks like a science fiction post-apocalyptic dark film. This is the swan song for Hugh Jackman. Yep, so the I, last one. I kind of want it to be really good. Now, it's rated R, which is going to be exciting which to see. It's necessary. It's about time we get to see a rated R Wolverine movie. Yeah. So, I mean... So, yeah, I'm excited for it, and um, uh, let's see what they do with the third time out. Yeah, if, if, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it. It's ridiculous. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, funny enough, uh, we're going to talk to Richie about this next story, since right. Sean is not uh, here. Okay. But it was just announced um, at the Paris Comic Con this past weekend uh-huh. that Strangers in Paradise will return in 2018. Nice. Uh, there's no other announcements. Terry uh, Moore was there, and he just said that they are coming back. Is he... Terry Moore is going to be... Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's going to okay. be doing it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but we don't know if it's a miniseries, if it's ongoing, if it's a one-shot. Because, honestly, um, I don't know if I'd be interested if it wasn't. Yeah. 
you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, no, he said he's going to bring it back in 2018 to celebrate its anniversary. Mm. So it doesn't know if that's a one-shot, if that's a miniseries, what that's going to be. Uh, and there's been no details about when in 2018. He just announced okay. at Paris that it will happen. So as someone who's reading it right now, yeah, uh, are you excited about this and are you going to pick this up when it comes out? Uh, I will absolutely pick it up when it comes out, and I am excited about it. The thing that I think... Uh, when you read, so Strangers in Paradise was given as like kind of a homework project yeah. from mm-hmm. uh, Sean to me. Yes, uh, we're both. He won't let you believe it since since he's not here. I can tell you all. He's he's a uh, emotionally. He's he's a he can. He, he likes rom-coms and stuff like in their in the story arc. He can he can relate to relate uh, relationships. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Him and I both have that that in common. So he he gave it to me and he's like read this, and. It's so good. For I know Strangers in Paradise is big, but it's not as big as it should be. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to me and you don't know what SIP is, it's something, especially if you've been through the rigmarole of a relationship where you're trying to get what yeah. you want and maybe you work really hard at it and things aren't going right. And not just romantically, it can be just friendships. Anything. Yeah. Any kind of friend, relationships in general. Yes. Yeah. Um, Terry Moore is brilliant at bringing the uh, the the nuance or the the simplicities mm-hmm. of complication <laughs> in, sure. a, in a relationship. Yep. You know, it's it's just brilliant. And he's as he as he as I've been progressing, I'm into trade three now, and the artwork is just becoming stellar. Oh yeah, he's the, a fantastic. The artist. characters have kind of solidified their their stances so when i see someone i'm like oh that's so rachel you know mm-hmm, it's very mm-hmm. it's very on point and the only thing i'll say while i'm reading it is that it's dated you can tell like the uh there's a lot of pop culture reference and it's very 90s oh, yeah, yeah. and uh i think that a new one in this age is something not only to looks ex- like look forward to but it's something to um It'd be interesting to see, because relationships have changed, you know, in 20 years for sure. Yes, they have. So communication has changed. The mm-hmm. yep. I, I would love to see his characters and the development that they've taken with technology and the way that Tinder works. Oh, yeah, yeah, Facebook yeah. updates. Absolutely. Instagram, well, those kind he, of things. He, knowing him, he's a smart enough man that that stuff's going to be in there. Uh-huh. It's not just going to be, I'm going to redraw something from the 90s. No. In their old, um, you know, in their old 90s outfits. Right. Uh, with the same technology just because it's the way I used to do it. No, yeah. he's going to, he'll do something cool like that. No, and so I've got to say, I, if it's done correctly... There's always that risk when you try to kind of dip into the pool that was once perfection. Sure. Um, nostalgia can also play a role. I don't have nostalgia for mm-hmm. Strangers in Paradise because I'm just going through it now. Yeah. So I honestly do think that it can be done um, well and and well enough to be big. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely exciting news. Uh, so, also what happened this week, uh, this little past week, was that AT&T bought Time Warner and uh, for $85 billion. And what that means is that they now own HBO, 
they now own CNN, and how it you know goes into our world. They now own DC DC, com- yeah. DC Comics. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people have been talking about that they think this is a very good thing uh-huh. because AT and T is going to be your Disney. Uh, I've, the article I read said that they're one of the top six companies along with Disney. And right. so now having that kind of backing, they may be willing to do more than they were previously when they were just Time Warner. Right. So some people are saying this is a very good thing, especially for DC Comics, DC movies, things like that, because now they have a huge corporation, even bigger than the one that they did have previously behind them, kind of like mm-hmm. Marvel and Disney. So uh, what do you think? Do you think that that's good, they're going to take more chances now, or do you think that... Uh, I remember when WB bought DC, okay. Warner yeah. Brothers, yeah. Yeah. and I remember having the exact same conversation. They're going to be huge now, Warner Brothers is going to be able to take the risks, they have the money to do so. It's... For me, it's always tough because giant corporations... Disney is slightly different because Disney seems to understand their market better than I think AT&T does. Yeah. Uh, AT&T, as a company, I'm sure is fantastic, but as a PR kind of focus focus group, maybe... So there's... I'm hesitant about enjoying this. I think... Anytime you get more money involved into comic books and such, it's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I mean, it secures the future for, you know, Batman and Superman for a while, which is n- a necessity in my yes. world. Yes. So, yep. That makes me happy. Um, direction wise, it all depends on if they know who to trust. You yeah. Know? Yes. If they put that money and that backing into the people or into the hands of the people that run this. Yep. Like, Jeff Johns. Je- Jeff Johns is what we're trying to say. Here. <laughs> like, if they recognize, like, we know nothing about comics, mm-hmm. and this guy really is the forefront of comics, let's put him in the front, the limelight, Yes. then we're in for an amazing yes. couple years. Yes, and that's, and that's my hope. Yeah. When I heard this, I said, okay, because I remember when Disney bought Marvel, and I was upset. I was along with a, a lot of the fanboys going, well, they're going to... You know, we're never going to see a Punisher comic book again. We're never going to see, you know, Blade, Ghost Rider. We're never going to see any of that stuff because it all has to be for kids now. Right. Uh, And and also I I held a little bit of that twinge of the, the stigma with comic books being just for kids. Right. Uh, I, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast, their entire life has grown up with that. Yeah. You know, you go to a family thing or something, and you're, you know, what have you been doing? You know, I went to Comic-Con. Oh, I work at a comic book store, or whatever it is. And they go, isn't that kid stuff? Isn't that for little kids? <laughs> you know? And that's still around to this day. I mean, it's gotten a lot better with the movies and the TV mm-hmm. shows and things like that. Yes. But... I remember a time in the olden days yes. where everybody went, are, are you a child? Do you know, And, and right. that makes you angry because you're like, no, Preacher is not for kids. But, right. but so when Disney bought it, I went, you're going to play into that stereotype. People are going to go, oh, it's going to be Aladdin, you know, uh, Snow White and Captain America and Spider-Man now. Great. Right. And, and But what they did was that they gave faith to the Marvel movies and to the company, and, and they said, you do what you want to do and don't worry about uh, failure because yeah. we want you guys to do different things, and if they take off, they take off. And, I mean, this is when... 
Deadpool became not just liked, but a household name where he's right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. So I'm hoping that AT&T does that as well with DC. It gives, a- them, gives them some leeway. If they come in and go, we need you to do this because this is what we think is good, that mm-hmm. could be very bad. But if they say, hey, take shots, take risks, do three Superman movies now because okay. we want you guys to shoot for the stars a little bit more than you know trying to make some bottom line they could be good yeah it is it is a proven mechanic to give you know put your money and backing behind the people that have committed themselves to the comic book universe in general Casada, Jeff Loeb yeah these are these are names that have been in the industry for yep. a long long time and they're the reason that Marvel is successful especially in media mm-hmm. um, now I've also but it's just as likely that they go, you guys don't know anything about big business and how to make money. We're going to have Joe Schmo here take over the front. Yeah, you know. no, it could. It could happen. So, so we will see. We'll hold, uh, hold our breath. See what happens. So the last piece of news news I wanted to bring up tonight uh-huh. uh, was actually the reason why we're doing uh, the subject of the, tonight's episode. Ah. And that was this. Uh, this is non-spoiler, so don't freak out for people out there. We're not going to talk about it yeah. uh, in depth. But this past week, the Walking Dead season premiere for se- um, season six, yeah. uh, seven came out. Mm-hmm. And that has brought up a huge, huge amount of controversy, a lot of talking points, yes. he- even here at the, at the store. Oh, yeah. And this is why we chose tonight's... Um, Spinning the Racks, mm-hmm. uh, which which is our shocking things in comics. But I just want to talk about it really quickly, just for, for like two minutes about, you know, why did we pick this? Why did we want to talk about it? Because I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about because so many people who are not into comics mm-hmm. or who haven't read a ton of novels or things like that... This, this storytelling is shocking to them. Yes. With what happened. And... Uh, and you know, and people say, "Oh, haven't you watched Game of Thrones?" or "Haven't you watched some of these other things?" But some people, a lot of people, haven't read or watched, you know, Game of Thrones or things like that. So for us, when we heard about it and we we watched it and saw it, what happened in that episode, we said, "Oh, well, this is really well done," because there's so much controversy. Right. Uh, one of our employees said that she doesn't want to watch the show ever again, uh, and, and and we said. Couple of my family members the same thing and we said why and they said well they hurt me mm-hmm. and for people who have uh, uh, read comics read books things like that when a creator hurts you using a fictional character and fiction fictional situations mm-hmm. that means that it was successful it worked right and that means that it was good mm-hmm. that's that's you know and, and, and that's one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is how does that happen in comic books, but... Right. I mean, so what we're... I mean, newsworthy-wise, it, it it got a lot of... Um, a lot of feedback about yes. being too brutal, yep. too dark. Yes. And I feel like people might have forgotten what kind of world we're living in here. Yes. It's a very dark world. The, the series started with a little girl getting shot in the head. Yeah, yeah, that's how it started. That's the how it started. Whole I know. I know. Uh, but again, but but people didn't care about that little girl, right? Right. And the stuff that happened this week happened to people that we care about. That we care that's about. Right. So so, 
and and you know what? That's that's good storytelling. And and it was really funny talking to people throughout the week here at the at the store because th- their reactions to it and their well, you know, people need to go out nobly. You know, they need to have a heroic death, right. or they need to have a heroic something or right. whatever. And it's like it's like that's not how life works. Not everything is good guys and bad guys. Not everything is is music and right. and flags behind you right. and gunfire yeah. and it's not like that. Sometimes yeah. bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. Right. And 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 so it's really interesting that that we have in our society a a, a, a hold on. We need to have that for it to be. Mm-hmm. Fun or, or good or something like that. It's right. like no, no, that doesn't. So no. <laughs> we'll get into it when we get into our top three. Right. Um, I'm interested to hear what yours are, uh-huh. and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So so let's uh, slide in from there to our picks of the week then. All right. Um, Do you want to go first? Let's I think go. I will go first. Uh, my pick of the week this week is a Valiant title, Ninjack. Ah, uh, very good. <laughs> Ninjack. Valiant's Batman. What? 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 No. We've, we've had this discussion several times. He's not Valiant's Batman. <laughs> um, and this, it's a number 20 by Matt Kent. Uh, I, I, Matt Kent's been just killing it on oh, Ninjack yeah. forever, and it's not... It's just a great storyline right now. It's old Ninjak with the immortal and the the warrior, the eternal warrior, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love Ninjak and the eternal warrior together because they're like an old married couple, and they <laughs> they bicker at each other while doing incredibly um, insane things. Uh, they go to a different dimension in this in this comic book, and uh, I just can't praise it enough. It goes into every. Uh, element of of a uh, ninjack that I love uh, action um, him having to deal with things that are unexplainable and him having to work his way through that yeah, yeah. Um, and his his uh, his uh, I, I guess I'd say his deplorency or his anger towards eternal warrior <laughs> and mm-hmm. having to be his partner it's just a great book and the story arc itself right now is just fantastic so yeah it's just definitely a great valiant issue and i wanted to put that out there so then jack number 20 is for me i dig it so what about you uh, so for me yours is crazy yeah i picked cave carson has a cybernetic eye number one number one uh by dc's young animal imprint uh-huh um, this was written by Jonathan Rivera and uh-huh. Gerard Way, with art by Michael Avon Oming. Okay. And so when they announced Young Animal, and we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, this this whole line has been insane. It has been insane. When they announced it, I it was Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Uh, there's Mother Panic, uh, Doom Patrol, uh-huh. um, and uh, Shade the Changing Girl. Correct. So for me, I. Uh, I you know when I heard these I said oh well D- Doom Patrol is gonna be number one, Shade the Change of Girl is gonna be number uh, two, two right. maybe Cave Carson will be three and maybe this Mother Panic will be four, uh, you know in in my like in your head you're in my head right. yeah, so uh, three of them are out right now and yeah. I have to say out of the three Cave Carson is my number one, mm. I I absolutely love this I thought it was so much fun. 
the the thing that's so cool about this, I'm a DC fanatic. If you couldn't tell from listening uh, this entire that's time, shocking to me. <laughs> so, so the fact that Gerard Way went into the archives of DC Comics and found a character that DC had back in the Golden Age of Comics uh-huh. called Cave Carson, and if you look on the cover, there's actually some. Uh, some panels from the original comics. Right. Now, these are comics that are so old and that were so not read mm-hmm. that they're super... That no one has a full... Even DC does not have a full run of this. He, he went into the archives and they have some. Uh, and, and the joke that came with this is that Cave Carson started out as like an adventurer, kind of a, a you know... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Just a old school going into... Uh, caves and going into you know f- fighting dinosaurs, right. weird things like that. Okay, just an adventure. Like a Johnny Quest. Yeah, thing. yeah, yes, gotcha. yes. And then he got a cybernetic eye, but the issues where he got the cybernetic eye have been lost to the world. No one knows why he had a cybernetic eye. Interesting. So when Gerard Way saw this go from adventure to this weird cybernetic eye science fiction thing, he wanted to take this character and run with it. And it's a character that even hardcore DC fans like myself go, who? Uh So the thing that's really cool about this book is that Michael Avon Oming, he did the art for Powers. So if you've seen some of that stuff, you're going to know what you're going to get. That's what I thought when I was looking at it. I was like, it looks so much like Powers. It it works really well with this because this is a quirky, offbeat book. But this is also a book that looks into the underbelly of DC characters. Mm-hmm. Specifically, a group of characters show up in this book, plus a lesser-known... I don't know if it's lesser-known, because I guess he's showing up in one of the uh, DC shows right now, but <laughs> but but he used to be, in the 90s, a mm. lesser uh, character that would only show up... He showed up in some Superman comics mm. as a vigilante. Show up in this. And... And so, so there's a mystery going on with this right now. You're trying to figure out what's going on, but but this one has a little bit more of a structured storyline than uh, Doom Patrol or Shade because right. they all have mysteries about what's going on. That's kind of the the theme of these young animals is what's going on in this world and what's going on with this character. But uh-huh. this one's going to be more a little bit more standard, so maybe that's why I like it so much. But you get introduced to uh, Cave Carson. He's he's likable. And you're trying to figure out just what's going on, and <laughs> yeah, and the that artwork. has definitely been the theme with young animals. I've had to read all the young animals like more than once just to like process what I'm reading. Yeah, so and I agree, and, and I probably uh, I've only I've read this twice. I probably should have read it a couple times today just to yeah just to get it in my head. Uh, but, but that's the thing that's so fun is that I, I enjoy things that don't tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah. I'm, I, I think that if you show me that this ride looks like it's going to be fun, that's all that you need to do. Hook me in, say, this is going to be a fun ride, and I'm in. I don't need to know all the motivations or anything like that right. up front. So, right. So I think this is a really fun comic. If you want something that is going to be a little offbeat, not so offbeat that you're going to be maybe turned off or maybe going, what's what's right. the point in this? But if you want something that's going to be funny, wacky, a little weird, I think that Cave Carson is going to be awesome. Plus, they did one of the coolest promotional things I've seen a comic book do ever. Gerard Way wrote a song and put it on a cassette tape 
and gave it away at New York Comic Con <laughs> and uh, gave us a copy, mm-hmm. which Sean immediately took <laughs> so that he could t- you know, go home and listen to it. So, I mean, that's, that's just fantastic. So, Young Animal, I think, has been doing a really great job so far. I've enjoyed Shade the Change of Girl. I've enjoyed Doom Patrol. Yep. But so far, I was actually really, really shocked by how much I enjoyed Cave mm-hmm. Carson. And these are all very, like, Morrison-esque, fragmented Yeah, this, uh, this is going to be like stories. 80s, 90s Vertigo stuff. Yeah. This is his love letter to that stuff. Yeah. And it, and it has been delivering so far in the first issues. The first couple issues have been very... They just they grab you on an intellectual level more and more so than just cheap tricks. It's oh yeah. There's something going on behind the scenes, and you want to know what that is. And yes. I can't wait to find out more. Absolutely. So that's great. All right. Well, with that, we will slip into spinning the racks. Wow. Spinning the racks. Spinning the racks. All right, so tonight's topic on spinning the racks is going to be top three uh, comic book reveals or shocks. Correct. Now, we're going to tell everyone right now that there's no way we can talk about this without going into spoilers. Correct. So if you do not want to hear spoilers for anything. Anything at all. Anything at all. Uh, you um, should, you know, maybe uh, come back when you do. I will let you know that uh, the comics I will be talking about are Preacher, Invincible, and uh, Sinestro Core War from Green Lantern. So okay. if you say, that's fine, I don't care, I, I want to listen to that, that's what I'm going to be talking about. That's so. good. Um, I have Watchmen, Invincible, and uh, Moon Knight. Okay, so so if, so those are the things and that... we also have Walking Dead. That we'll uh, we're going to be talking so. about some Walking Dead, too. So if those seven things sound like things you do not want to be spoiled on, come back at a later time. If you want to uh, listen to us ramble about these crazy shocks stay and reveals, here. then stay here and we're going to talk about them. All right. So um, how about we go one each and we'll go through them. All right. Um, what's your number three? What's My number three is Moon Knight. Okay. Um, it was the series where he, where we were following Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America. Oh, yeah, the Bendis? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the whole series, uh, Moon Knight thinks he's working with Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine. Yes. And it takes this wicked twist at the end where we find out that it's all Moon Knight. He just thinks... He doesn't know that he's he's pretending to be these characters. Um, The... The drive. So I guess I should explain what we're talking about first. What we're talking about is like reveals or big turning moments. Yes. Uh, things that things that when they happened shocked us when we were reading, and right. and gave us a an emotional uh, reaction. Correct. Because because when something is done well, and in, in in my opinion, and I think we've talked about this, is that is that it'll it'll hit you. Mm-hmm. And so when something is done. And you go, oh, this was dumb. It's not going to hit you that same way. No. And 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 so when people go specifically back to the Walking Dead that we were, we've been talking about here is well, and that's kind of why we did it. Is the Walking yeah. Dead was the the shock that you got watching your television screen on Sunday. Yes. Um, with the reveal of who was getting hit. Yes. That shock hit most of us, especially in the comic book universe, about five years ago. Five years, yeah. And that. That twist and turn point, I know, is on our list, but we're not. 
we didn't really put it on our list because it was what we were going to talk about. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. Yeah. I'll get back into Moon Knight in a second. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but we want to talk about right. why because because we there was conversations that Richie and Sean and Keith and I were all a part of here where people said, well, I, I just wish that that it, it didn't happen to people that I cared about. Right. And and that's kind of the point. The point of the the point of storytelling um, a lot of times is to talk about something in our world, talk about something in ourselves that we don't want to talk about, we do want to talk about, we'd like to know more of, you know, some kind of aspect of that. And people that we care about getting hurt is an aspect of life. Right. Uh and, and, and there are people out there that say, well, I don't want to read that. I don't want to watch that. I just want to see everyone be happy, go on an adventure, and come back, and that's fine. Right. And, you know, and that's fine. But something like The Walking Dead, the whole point of The Walking Dead is to show how does humanity survive in such a bleak place, and how do you survive against each other? Right. Because humanity... Is all is is a is a major major problem for a lot of the world. And the thing about reveals or or turning points is that those usually are what set up uh, the importance of the series itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it goes back into the histories of writing tropes. Like we always have the writing formula: good guy goes through struggle, overcomes. Yes. And you know, lives happily ever after. That's a that's a writing like synopsis, and it's something that is followed genuinely in most media. Mm-hmm. And that's why when certain reveals happen, they can shock you, or even you know, take you out of take you out of the normal reaction of or normal expression of reaction. That mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. so when you watch Walking Dead, especially, you don't think that it could be Glenn. It's yeah. impossible. Yes. Because it it doesn't it there's a formula to this and that doesn't fit the right formula. Yes. It's the same thing with like back in the time of Shakespeare with Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yes. Here he has two um you know lovers uh, yep. protagonists and they end up dying yes. over a miscommunication. Yep. <laughs> and it's incredibly tragic. Yes. It changes the formula of like gets together with Prince, lives happily ever after. And that's a shocking thing. Like, it's normal to us now. Yes. But at the time, it's an incredible shock. Sure. And and that's the same thing that happens here with Glenn and The Walking Dead. When I read it, in no way was I thinking that Glenn was going to take a bat to the face. And they (laughs) did, even in the comic book, they did lead it up to where there's going to be no hope here. They they found them on the street and put them all down and like put them on their knees and started talking and the whole time I'm trying as I'm reading I'm trying to figure out how Kirkman's going to get them out of this situation yeah, yeah. without any of them being hurt yeah because when they were when at the time when I was reading it it was the five best characters in the sh- the comic sure. it was Michonne yep. Rick Carl and uh, Glenn and Maggie yeah mm-hmm. that was it yeah. And I was like, none of these guys can die. Nope, nope. They're all the main characters. Like, yep, yep. Let's, let's go grab Glenn or, you know, go, go grab Eugene or something. Like, yeah, some, yeah. Sh- you know, some character that we don't really care right. about. Yeah. Like, if that person was there, I would assume that something bad was going to happen. Yes, but with yes. his, with the roster that was in front of it, I was like, no, no, they're, they're campy. Absolutely. So the whole time up to the, the point of impact, if you will, yes. I was second guessing mm-hmm. his writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when that first strike happens, I gasp physically over a 
while reading a comic book. Sure. I go, <gasps> yep, yep. Like, and it <laughs> takes you back. I put the comic book down. I walked around a bit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's yeah. no way that just happened. There's yeah. no way. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so we feel you in the comic book store. Now you finally understand, especially if you've never read Walking Dead yes. and you just kind of experienced it through the show. You, we feel your. Um, your pain. We, we felt it very long time yes. ago. The only reason why we're laughing is because now you have it. Like, yeah. we had it many years <laughs> yes. ago because uh, we were laughing the other day. And somebody said, why are you guys laughing? You guys are sick. And we're like, we're not laughing because of people in pain. Right. We're laughing because you guys now understand where we are at. Well, and it's just like the, it's the shock. Like, it's it's yes. like a secret you've been holding on to for a very long for, time. For sure. For sure. And, and those are the kind of twists and turns that I think makes Walking Dead such a great comic book. Yes. Is it it refuses to follow and you're going to find with our the things that we talk about t- tonight or today when you're listening to this. Yeah. Um you're going to see that that's kind of a theme in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Is what these reveals do is they they go out of the the basic mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with even mainstream comics. We can talk about the death of Superman. Yep. And death of Gwen uh, Stacy. The backbreaking of Batman. Yep. These are these are things that are not normal, but everybody knows them mm-hmm. because of their reveals. The reveals were so shockingly outside of the norm yep. that it changed the way we looked at comics. Yes. Yep. Now mainstream comics, unlike Walking Dead and things like that, don't have to adhere to consistencies. So they can kill someone off, give you that excitement, and then change it later when it doesn't fit their purpose anymore. Yes. Which kind of nulls that. But, um, but with like independent but, comics. Exactly. But like when this, it hits it's... like this, it's very different. The, yes. the con- consequences are very permanent and it changes. Um, changes the whole adventure yes (laughs) you're just there is i've been reading walking dead now for five years since that time and uh, my walking dead comics have been glenn free for five years yep yep. and it's crazy to think that (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah it's it's yeah so so that's why we want to talk about it because we heard a lot of people saying that this was bad this was bad writing this was this was bad that they did this this was not good um storytelling this was not good um television Mm -hmm. and and honestly, and like I said, maybe it's a generalization. Maybe there are people out there listening that, that think that way, who have read tons of comics and novels and things like that, and that's fine. But I think that if you get a populace, if you get the American people or the world, because uh, I've seen people watch Walking Dead you know, all right. across the world, if they're shouting out, no, no, you can't do this to me, uh, I hate you, I never want to watch you again because you hurt me on such a deep level, I think that's a... I think that's a win for the writers and for the creators of the show. The I don't think that, sure. yeah, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a negative. Nope. Them making you feel that is the point of art, right. is to make you feel things. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's kind of the, the whole point of art, no matter what it is. Books, writing, paintings, it's to make you feel something. And if they don't, in some way, whether it's happy, sad, uh, you know, anger, something. If they don't do that, they're kind of failing. So people saying, oh, I felt something while watching this episode this week, that's the point. That's okay. why it was good. So, okay, so Moon Knight, why, you know, wh- so, what again, happened when you read that? In Moon Knight, I'm reading this whole thing, and it's, it's for me, the, the way that it was so brilliant was that it was so nonchalant. Like, they weren't like, 
Wolverine wasn't doing anything crazy or things like that. But then that twist at the end, it just threw me for a loop. It, it makes yep. you reread the entire comic <laughs> over again to go, wait, what? You go, whoa. Like, Moon Knight's... It, it was an, it's just a great... Sure. And it, this is... I put it my, as my third because it's a perfect example of changing the norm. Yes. And it not being super drastic. Yes. But totally uh, throwing me for a loop and not following the typical... Mm-hmm. Um, the typical storyline. Sure. And I really enjoyed it. It just... It was a pleasure to see something so fresh and something I didn't expect it in. Yeah. You know? And Moon Knight was definitely that. Um, the Bendis run was really well written. Artwork was fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, he's still recovering from that psychotic yeah. breakdown. Like yeah. That's still going on to this day. Yes. Is Moon Knight's recovering from that. So uh, it's, it's actually uh, a great held consequence which is something that's sure. hard to find in comic yes. book world so. yeah Jeff Lemire's uh, taken it and you know made it still part of his history which, mm-hmm. which is very good yeah what about you alright so for me my number three was the uh, death of Tulip in mm. Preacher okay uh, yeah, so yeah. when I was reading Preacher you know, it's a wacky, crazy, fun world full of obscenities and and uh, violence and gross outs. And I was like, okay, this is cool. But I, when I first read it many, many years ago, I was in that same, these three characters are our main characters. Right. Nothing bad can happen to them. Yeah. And in, I believe, I can't remember exactly what issue it is, but it's in the first 12 issues, um, she gets killed by Jesse's family. And she just gets killed right in front of him. And I remember reading that, and I had the exact same thing. I had to put it down. I had to go, because I really, and we talked about it during our preacher episode, I really liked Tulip in the comics. Mm-hmm. I really fell in love with her as a character. Uh, you know, I think she's fantastic. So so I felt it when that happened, because I was like, these people need to be together. She uh-huh. needs him. He needs her. They should be happy. And then, you know, um, she's taken away from him. And when that happened, I was just, um, just, just shocked, like, um, like crazy. Right. Um, so, and it set up the rest of the series that I knew that anything could happen to any of these, you know, to any of these people. Um, so I, uh. You know, from then on out, I was always worried about what could happen. Every situation they got in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because, um, and, 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 like I said, it was heartbreaking, kind of like bringing up the, the Walking Dead thing. I was, that one kind of jumped out, jump out to me of what was heartbreaking to me. Right. And I, uh, uh, was super, super just taken aback. Uh, I liked how they resolved it in the comic book as well. That could, I guess, be its own reveal. Uh-huh. But but that one really, like you said, it set up the rest of the series. Yeah, and, and that is another thing that we didn't bring up. With the death of a main character like that, what happens, um, un, what happens by accident is that it also changes every conflict they get into from that point on. Every single time that there's a shot or chance that they could pass or die, it escalates because you're like surely if they can kill someone yes. like Tulip or Glenn then they can kill you know the preacher or Rick like yep, it yep. just as easily yes you absolutely know? um and and writers that can do that 
are brilliant. Yes. Because you have to care more about the story than you need to care about the character. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times mm. that doesn't happen. That's no, no, where no. you kind of lose some people when you do kill sure. characters off sure. like that. Yes. And I would say that in this case, um, Walking Dead, the story matters more to me than the characters. Well, and and I see, and for me, I think that the like I said, for me, I think the characters are for me more char- important. So in preacher, than, would you uh, say in preacher the the characters are more important than the story? And you didn't, so you cared, you wanted to read it more to keep watching the characters yes, themselves yes, move forward. Yes, and when you took away one of the main and one of my favorites, uh-huh. that just made me realize that. So did you ever recover from Tulip's death when you were reading with the ep- like continue reading on Preacher? Did yeah. you move on? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean I mean what they do with with that storyline um, resolves it very well and and made me very happy. So so that was good. But but yeah, I it like I said, for for me Especially in something like this, it's the characters and that you care about them. If I didn't care about Tulip at the time, and I didn't care about Jesse and oh, their, their yeah, relationship, maybe, maybe I said that wrong. What I meant was, um, you care about the characters deeply, yes. but um, you want the resolution to the story more. You know, the character's death is technically a drive to the if, story. If it, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if a character, if something happens to a character. And that and that is it's part of the story, not just uh, just for shock well, yeah, shock so value or something like or that. Or maybe like a red shirt. Yeah, Star yeah, Trek. yes. If it's then then yes, you want to. Um, yeah, I I find it I find it when people say I'm not going to watch The Walking Dead anymore because one of my favorite characters died. Uh-huh. I said, doesn't that doesn't that make you want to watch it more? Doesn't that want? Don't you want to see how they get revenge? If they get revenge, why they get revenge? Who gets revenge? Right. Um, uh, is someone else gonna die? Is uh, Negan gonna die? Like, like, doesn't those questions at that time, when your one of your favorite characters dies, doesn't that make you go, I really want to know what happens? Not just, not just. Oh, Glenn's dead, so that's it for me. Right. No, you know, like, yeah. like, what else is there? So, yeah. and 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 that's that's when I read Preacher. That's what happened. I said, I know that I'm in a wild ride, <laughs> and I know that I cannot just take it for granted that this is just gonna mm-hmm. be, you know, your standard fare. Excellent. So. So I you bet are, you and I have the exact same we number have the two. Exact number two. Yes. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. We did not talk about this no, at all, not. by the way. Yeah. So your number two, and I'm guessing my number two. Yes. 100%. Is going is going to be another Robert Kirkman yes. comic book. Correct. And that's going to be the reveal mm-hmm. of Invincible's dad. Yes. Being part of a force of aliens to take over the world. Correct. And to kill all the good guys. Right. <laughs> So it's it's a classic. It's, Kirkman starts off with a classic uh, love story to superheroes. Yes. And it's just uh, Superman, it Spider-Man, Spider-Man, the whole like, yeah. just very on point to the formula that is superhero comics. And right after the first trade, yeah. Uh, he destroys all of it. He yes. just completely blows it up with. Yeah. He makes you fall in love with this father figure that yeah, who's like a, who's like Superman, yep. and and just has all these great morals, has a lovely relationship, wife, yeah, and just 
He's everything you want in a superhero. It's exactly why Zack would fall in love with a superhero. He's very yes. filled with hope, yes. very just mm-hmm. the picture perfect oh, sure. Superman yep. trope. Yep, and yeah, and, and Invincible, his son, yeah. uh, is is like Spider Man. Yeah. He's he's a teenager, he's try he's working um, you know, crappy jobs and he wants to meet girls, but and then he starts getting superpowers, he doesn't know how to handle it, and you're like, Okay, yeah. this is a su- you know, superhero. His dad at one point are playing catch. Yes. Like, it's just perfection. Yes. And then the second trade happens, and you find out that their origin story is a bit tweaked. Yeah. And it turns out that his father is... Uh, I can't remember the alien race's name at the point, uh, but... Vitronite? V- yeah, Vitronite, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a Vitronite, and these are an alien race that is trying essentially to terraform and find the strongest races yes in the in the in, human existence like any in existence. in, in, the, in yeah. the galaxy yeah right. they they are if you're weak you need to die and if you're strong you need to be assimilated into our into our group right they're very aggressive they're very um you know we're going to try and take your planet right. and if you stop us then your planet gets to be free if it doesn't then we're going to enslave it and use it right. because you're weak yeah which and is a little different than the <laughs> uh, the the superman kind of right. uh, kryptonians they were yeah. sending people out they said that they sent him to uh, the original story was they see that he was sent to earth to protect and to make the planet a better place but actually he's there to enslave right he's there to test out their their uh, defenses and if they're weak enough he will then become their ruler yes and they will they just rule the planet over vitramites yes and and the big reveal is that there's a justice league like uh, group, group in yeah. the in the in the book and when this is revealed the uh, he kills them all he slaughters every single one he of them. slaughters them all yeah. and he and the person to stop him is his son. Right. He's the last hope for Earth. So Correct. when you read that, you're it's, like, Whoa. So not only is, it's not just a betrayal to the son, it's a betrayal to us, and we kind yes. of go along with Invincible to, like, through all of his emotions, like, Dad, why? I love you, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And yep. he's, his father just can't grasp the fact that perhaps his son had been an earth, raised as an earthling too yes. long, so he's not going to grasp this vitramite no, future. No, and it's and boy and he, does he not. He does not, and that's things that it's it's. He he thinks you know he's like oh it's genetic, but it's it's more uh, nurture than nature you know so Correct. so it is very interesting. Yeah, and and unapologetic, mm-hmm. and even several issues go by. Oh yeah! Before they even try to redeem that character at all. Well, it's a long time. And long it, time. Yeah, it's so. It's long. a long time, and and so and so getting back to what does that do? So so, it's a favorite here at the store of Invincible. Yes. We tell people all the time, if you like Walking Dead, you need to read Invincible. Yes. And they say, well, I'm not a superhero guy. I don't like superheroes. And we go, I, we kind of get that, but you need to read it because because, uh, and I agree with Sean. Um, and Keith, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, Richie, but I think that Invincible is just as good as Walking Dead. Uh, yes. Uh, so, so, uh, so when, so yeah. when people read the first trade, we always tell people you, you know, and this is the caveat: you you got to buy the first two trades, you got to buy the first hardcover, you got to read the first 
whatever, 12 issues yeah, say 12. that it Something is. Like that. Because when you read the first trade, it is a love letter to superhero comics. Yeah. And you're going, oh, this is just Superman, Superman and, yeah. and Spider-Man. But, but when this reveal happens, the rest of the series, up to it today... Just- yeah, <laughs> it no holds barred. Everything that you think is wrong, everything that you believe is going on in this universe will flip on its head. Yeah, nothing. The way that stories are told yeah. in Invincible are flipped on their head. So I mean, from here on out, from this point on, yeah. it is not your standard fare at all. No, with anything, not even close. It's a hundred percent. Uh, challenging you as a reader, it's yes. chal- It's making so many risks. Oh yeah, you can't, you can't trust anyone by issue one hundred. You just <laughs> don't. You don't know if you like anybody. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, yep. But damn, if you don't want to know what the next thing that's going to happen. Absolutely. Is. And 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 even in the more brilliant sense, it's still following very um, systematic superhero aspects just with consequences with consequences and we've said this before on this podcast is that invincible is the superhero story that has consequence yes it does and it's just brilliant it's uh, it, just it, a it fun is. ride it is in fact we may do a whole episode just on invincible so i think well because it's actually ending <laughs> it is going to be ending we may have to do yes. like an, a love Little Let love podcast of, yeah, to yes. it, so. because because uh, I feel myself wanting to talk about it for like an hour, oh, but yeah. we don't have the time to sit there and talk about Invincible. But but that was huge. You oh. need to check it out. Um, if you're listening and yeah. you say, "Oh, that does sound interesting," definitely pick up Invincible. Yeah, we didn't ruin even with that reveal. We didn't ruin it's, anything. It's the beginning. <laughs> that's the tip of the iceberg. It's not even close. That's to, the, that's the tip. If that you want to talk you about reveals, oh yeah, Invincible might be the example A. Oh, yeah. C to yes. triple Z. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, okay. So now, what is your number one? My number one uh, is absolutely um, Watchmen. Okay. Uh, the last uh, issue of Watchmen. Yep. Uh, or maybe it's the second to last issue of Watchmen. Um, I read it in trade form. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. read it. I read it in trade out, as like, well, yeah. And when... But I did... I did not make the mistake of like flipping through the pages when yeah, I read it. Yeah. I read it straight through, sure. mm-hmm. never flipped a page. And at the beginning of Watchmen, there's a when he says like, "I've already done it." When Osmodeus is like, "What do you mean, stop me?" Yeah, it happened ten minutes ago. Yep. That when I read that, oh, I was great. like, "Oh, oh wow, that's that's incredible." Yeah, but when I flipped that page. And it shows New York. Yeah. It actually, I think it's the train station, and it there's shows, just blood, yeah. like people's bodies everywhere, yeah. and blood coming down. The faith of like superheroes and things like that left my body at my <laughs> young fifteen-year-old age. Like my innocence had died a bit. With sure. It, you know. Yep. I. I couldn't believe that something so dramatic and so drastic had been in a comic book, uh, yep. and. And I was it. It's like opening the box, you know. Especially yeah. at the age I was when I read it, sure. it just it challenged every thought I ever had. Mm-hmm. And the the feeling of loss, like yep, the feeling yep. of uh, lost hope, is what it is. Oh yeah. I I couldn't believe it was already done. Mm-hmm. And not only could the heroes not like react to it or like save the world but all they all they could do is react to it yes 
and that was very interesting. To it me. was very oh yeah, and and the thing that I really loved about the ending was there was many philosophical points to it. Yeah, that you have to figure out what it is for yourself, and of course the the the, the main thing is the it is Ozymandias right? Right. By saying that humanity worked together when they figured out that an alien space monster came and killed was millions yeah. in New York City. And the world said, we need to stop with this bickering about, you know, right. little Race, wars about oil and all this religion, kind of stuff. You know. Resource, no. Um, an and, alien and, and, just and, dropped on New York. And so, so Ozymandias thinks that he's being a hero there. Correct. There's also the Rorschach view, which is uh, never surrender, uh-huh. even in the face of Armageddon, and uh-huh. that, and that, the truth is more important than lying to to uh-huh. make things better. So, so, and it's very, it's great because there are people that adamantly say, "No, uh, we need aliens to come down." Right. We need solve to, this. We need peace problem. Yes, yes, <laughs> we, yes. I, I mean, I hear that in the store just yeah. with the election, talking about this election in real time. I wish aliens would come, uh, and I wish they would like destroy a building like an Independence Day, so that everyone would would bring together and say, "We need to stop." Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but. There's, there's also the other philosophical aspect of, well, we're humans, and until we get to the root of the problems, until we get to the actual solving of wounds and not Band-Aids over them, right. then it's not going to matter what happens. Right. And it, where do you fall on that? Some people say, no, you know, uh, Band-Aids, things like that need to happen. People need to, you know... No, we're gonna work together because aliens are here. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other one that says, "No, you should. We should figure out what's the problem. Look at the ugly side and fix it." And and I love that about that that ending. Oh yeah. It's not clear cut. It's not. It's not Rorschach's right, and it's not Ozzy Mendez's right. It is right. up to you. And yeah, and like I said, this is all when I was 15. I read this, this oh, was before <laughs> philosophy blows your mind, just, my man. It just opens this door of like what. What's going existence. on? Like, yeah. what is, and again, the colors. Well, Dave Gibbons' artwork. Right. I mean, it just n- nails you. I remember when I first started reading it with Dave Gibbons, I was like, I don't really like the color scheme. I think it's kind of wacky. Mm-hmm. It do, it's it's off color. It doesn't work. But by the time I was finished with that book. I don't think it could have been in any other way. Nope, nope. It couldn't have been done any other way. Absolutely. It had to be done that way to hit yes. me the way it did, to get across the message it needed to be to get across. And yep. and again, watching superheroes react to a, something that's already happened oh, instead yeah. of prevent it is just it was an incredible reveal for me. Yep. It was a change in the norm for sure. And oh, yeah. And I've just never seen so many powerful beings be completely helpless. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. it felt it felt very real and very cold and it was brilliant. Yes. Just so good. Absolutely. We may need to do another episode on Watchmen as well. Because oh. so, <laughs> I wanted These to talk all, about yeah. Watchmen right now. Okay. But so. I mean that's that's the point of a reveal. Like we, yes. we we will reiterate several times is that like, you know, 
it's shocking. It's outside the norm, and yes. it carries the weight of the story. Yes, that that reveal. The whole point of Watchmen, right? Was that was that moment? That reveal, yes, is what makes that book a uh, a staple in comic books. It's yes. holding. It holds the integrity of comic books in general. Yep. It's one of the pillars. It is. You know. It is. And it's because of those kind of reveals. Yep. So you can't you can't let a reveal take you out of. Um, you want to feel the emotion of the reveal, yes, you do. but you can't let it take you away from the creativity that it took yes. to create that story. Yes, because it's very hard for you to feel. It's very hard for you to feel that way, that shock, that that awe when that moment happens. If they didn't do a good job with the rest of the story, mm-hmm. I can I can write a comic book right now and have everyone die at the end. Yeah, and you easy go, peasy. who cares? <laughs> no one gives. I a just crap. met these guys. <laughs> right. Who cares about these? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that reveal is not strong just because I killed a million people in a city. That's not the right. point. Yeah, it's what they do leading up to it. Yeah, so it's how they, and that is what people need to recognize is how they somehow made you care about a fictional aspect so yes. greatly that it affected you in reality. Yeah. And that's what these reveals do. Absolutely. And what do you have All right. number one, so, mister? So let's bring it up a little bit uh, to more fun, a little bit more mainstream comic yes. books. They don't all have to be... Dark and dour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so one of the biggest reveals for me was the end of the Sinestro Corps special. Hmm. The one shot that preceded the Sinestro Corps war in Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. When you turn the page, it is revealed that Superboy Prime is working with Cyborg Superman and the Anti-Monitor. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why this was a big reveal was that up to that point, the Anti-Monitor had not been seen since Crisis, Crisis on, Infin- right. on Infinite Earths. So seeing him there, you went, whoa. And you know the Anti-Monitor was the catalyst for Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh-huh. which changed the entire universe. Right. So we're talking... How almost 20 years 20, later yeah. that they brought this character back. And so when you flipped it and Superboy Prime along with Sinestro is working with Sinestro, Superboy Prime, Cyborg Superman, and Anti-Monitor, and, uh, <laughs> you're going, you're going, That's you, it. we're screwed. Game over. Game over, <laughs> yeah. And and that shock, that reveal there in superhero comics, because I wanted yeah. to do just a mainstream superhero oh. as well. Yeah, that's why to, I was to, doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, show that, to show that you can do it in there too. The rest of the stakes just got incredibly high for uh-huh. that book, and and the rest of, and see, this was and this special was the very first thing of Green Lantern I'd had ever read. Mm-hmm. A friend of the store, Don, um, he when I was working at the old shop, this came out. Uh-huh. And he says, Zach, you gotta take this home. You gotta read this. I said, I never read Green Lantern before. Because you don't need to read Green Lantern. Just read this. Uh-huh. And when I read it, it blew my mind. And I honestly think it's made me a, a Green Lantern fanatic uh, for all time. I mean, I, I, uh-huh. I, this is the thing that got me started on the run. I went back, to all, found all the issues, and then I wanted to read everything else Green Lantern. So this is kind of like the, the the first thing. Right. But but. But when you're reading it, you're figuring out all these people. And even as somebody who hasn't read a ton of DC um, comics up to that point, I was still getting into comics and things like that. I knew from Cyborg Superman, from Death of Superman, he's a huge villain. Yeah. Uh, Christ on Infinite Earths is one of those things that you should 
you know, first read if you're getting yeah. into superhero comics. Correct. So I knew about about um, him. Uh, Superboy Prime and Sinestro were new to me, uh-huh. but they were bad dudes because Jeff Johns yeah. did a brilliant job in the one shot setting that up. Uh-huh. So when you see all four of these guys, you know, together, you you know, it just blows your mind. Going, what's going to happen? How are they going to get out how of this? How is that even possible? Yeah, how are they going to? What is going to happen with this storyline? Uh-huh. And that's exciting. I imagine it being the same exact kind of reveal like when my dad first watched 66 Batman and the four villains teamed up. Yeah. Penguin and Catwoman and Joker. Like how is Batman and Robin going to get through this? Like that, that kind of anticipation of, Mm -hmm. Oh, that is, that is excellent. That's Mm -hmm. they're showing you, this is the obstacle. Now the obstacle is so great. All you can do is process. How are we going to get through it? Yes. How is it? Po- how are we possibly going to get over it? Yeah, yeah, and great and, reveal. Yeah, and it's and it's and as we talked about, it made me want to read the rest of the Sinestro Corps. Mm-hmm. I picked up everything Sinestro Corps from then there out. Uh huh. And I love the story, and it really set it up, you know, beautifully. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, those, those are, are those are those are some of our reveals. I mean, I want to do honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, I have a few. There is Kick Ass. Oh yeah. Okay. Kick Ass in general is like a reveal comic. It has yes. the same kind of feel of Invincible and oh, Walking sure. Dead kind of mixed. Yes. But there's a lot of actual consequences to mm-hmm. being vigilante. Yes. Um, the bird. Man flying and <laughs> trying to fly and hitting yes. that car is one of yes. my favorites. That's that's awesome. Um, and uh, the girlfriend of I can't remember, but in the boys. Ah uh, yes, uh, yes, yeah, um, yeah. You're talking about um. See, my brain just blanked right now. Yeah. Um, you're talking about um. You're talking about uh, uh, what's his name? It. Yeah. I'll find it. Yeah. No, the boys was great. Another uh, Garth Ennis comic there. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about in the past. I mean, there are so many great... That's one of the reasons why Vertigo Comics, in general, have always had a loving fan Uh relationship. Because they take risks with storytelling and things like that. They make you... You know, you can go down the line. I was thinking about picking some of the things from Why the Last Man. Uh Some of the the ending points of Why the Last Man just kill you when you read them. Oh, God, yes. Uh... And, uh, I mean, even comics that are coming out now, Saga, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, just, the, when it's done well, it's it's great to, to behold. Um, but yeah, The Boys, uh, Garth Ennis is really good Huey. at doing this. Huey, yeah, yeah, thank you. Jeez, that took me a minute. No, I know, me too. My okay. brain just blanked, so but yes. So Huey's girlfriend, at the beginning of oh. Boys... So, <laughs> it's just so random. It is really random. In the boys, there's uh, he's there's superheroes, and it's kind of like a natural life, just people living around superheroes. Yes. Yep. And he's at a carnival, just kind of enjoying this uh, perfect romantic date with his girlfriend. And as they're spinning together in a ring around the rosy style, like in the flowers. Yes. Uh, this superhero battle is going on. Yeah. And one of the heroes punches one of the villains so hard that he goes flying like you've seen in Superman or something. Yep, yep. Uh, but the velocity of that, that villain's body hits 
his girlfriend as oh they're spinning. Yep. And as he, he stops oh. spinning, he realizes he's just holding her hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're and like, she's Whoa. been smashed behind the villain into a brick yeah. wall somewhere. Yeah, and she, yeah, she's not alive no more. No. Um, and so, and then that the sets start. him off, and that sets him off onto his, and 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 when that happened, you knew that this was not going to be your typical right uh, superhero storytelling there. <laughs> yeah. So like that's just that's a perfect tiny reveal sure. of like sure setting and a tone. We're not going to follow the rules here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, we could go just do a whole episode on Walking Dead reveals oh. if we wanted. Oh my to. goodness, could we? And 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 that's that's why. That's why people go back to that comic. That's why people love Walking Dead. And and honestly, here's the thing. That's why people enjoyed the show. That's yeah. why people enjoy the show. That's why people like Game of Thrones. That's why people... Because you like to feel some truth in the realism of it. Yeah. You want to... It's... Glenn's sacrifice... And I, and I will say this. I think that people love him more now the memory of him will live on forever because of what happened with him and that he took that ultimate sacrifice for his friends Uh and that makes him better than just a cool character that makes him however you want to say a saint martyr somebody that you'll always remember if he never gets hurt and nothing ever happens to him, if you know, if Robert Kirkman said nothing's ever going to happen to this guy, he's never going to have any bad problems, he's not going to be as strong of a character. You're not going to care about him as much. Right. It's just not going to happen. That's why you care about Rick. That's why you care about uh, Maggie. That's why you care because of what you've been through with them. Right. If the character is just going to show up and be invincible throughout the entire story, that's not... It, it's that's rough. Nothing. Yeah, it's rough to follow that. So yeah. So in your opinion, are reveals necessary? Yes. Like it'd Sean, be interesting to hear hear what people say because some people absolutely hated The Walking Dead that right. came out and said that that what they did was um, absolutely unnecessary. That what they did was hurtful, just to be hurtful for hurtful sake, mm-hmm. and um, they should be ashamed of themselves or something like that. Right. right. And. For us who read the comic before many years ago, right, and and we've read all the Walking Dead's. Yep. The Walking Dead TV show was tame, by the way, compared to the comic book. So if you have <laughs> yeah, not read the even, comic, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. If, if you have not read the comic book, and you think that was rough, that was one of the first times that the show has really been the comic book. Tried to get close. Yeah. Tried to get close to yeah. it. Yes. I wouldn't even call it the comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to get close to it. So, um, so yeah. Let us know because it'd be very interesting yeah. to hear. What, what do you think about reveals? Do you think that? Uh, that those are that those are um, easy traps or easy things that people can get into just to make you feel something, mm-hmm. or do you think that they're necessary? Yeah, is it is it because it can be a formula formula for like just shock for shock's sake? Yes. So a good reveal is something that affects the story and brings you to something, where a bad reveal kind of just is like, oh, I guess. I see where they tried to go with that, but, you know. Yes. So it all depends on connection to character, the way you take to the writing and situations yep. like that. Um, for us, those were our best examples. Yep. I think I think they are necessary to bring in to, yes. to, to keep things fresh. Absolutely. And to change your story or make your story somewhat, uh, mm-hmm. you know, long-lasting. Yes. And uh, I think... Uh, the interesting part about reveals that once they're done, 
uh, you will find yourself saying like, oh, they're just trying to pull another Walking Dead or a Game of Thrones or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to find new ground with reveals. And, it can be, yep. And, uh, and it's just... It's a part of our comic book life is dealing with big risks that Absolutely. create controversial conversation yep. <laughs> within our store. Absolutely. And we thought we'd bring it to you at the po- this podcast. So For sure. Um, I believe that brings us to yeah. a close. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a shorter episode. We're, we're missing... We're, we're missing soothing sounds of Sean. That's right. Um, he will be back next week yes. for uh, the topic that we'll pick for next week. Mm-hmm. So, if... Uh, I mean, until then, I guess... Uh, be careful what you're reading and uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, again if you have any ideas of reveals or things that you thought were perfect try not to throw spoilers up but you know yeah. come in the store and talk to us for sure it's been it's been really fun uh, to talk about it and that's why we picked it for this week because just seeing the outpouring of people on Monday that came into Goodness. the store I mean yeah. your girlfriend came yeah. in yeah. and wanted to talk about it and, and hearing and, and our other employee um, Kelly Kelly yeah uh, them them talking about stuff and then and then other customers coming and talking about it just loving it or absolutely hating it and about it today like, yeah we talked about it today it just has not stopped so. no and it's so so it's super interesting because because for us it's happened five years ago <laughs> and so many other things have happened since then right you know I mean there's so many other reveals that have happened for right. us where we're like oh yeah this happened even in Walking Dead uh-huh. this has happened that's happened uh-huh. um, or whatever comic book so so to see the populace catch up to what a lot of comic book fans are at and and honestly sometimes I think for the first time yeah. I think some people saw for the first time th- one of their main loved characters die this absolutely could be because some people haven't watched Game of Thrones nope and this could be the first time they've seen and it's it could fascinating be like, to yeah, me it could be like you know reading Glenn mm-hmm. you know five years ago just going that's not allowed to happen <laughs> yes and, and it's fascinating to me to see the 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 reaction to that so yeah. I'm interested to so we're definitely interested to hear what you have to say yes uh, if you want to come in the store cool mm-hmm. uh, if, you know you, you want to put something up on Facebook no spoilers but we can talk about it yeah because I think uh, it's a fun conversation that could go on for a long long time for sure all right well him and I are gonna talk more about it but we can't keep your time any longer yep. so until next time we turn the mics on we'll see you then talk to you later bye bye